everybody, it's Emily here with Healthy Discourse along with Wiggy today, and we are excited to join you as we dive into some, um, I don't know, what do you call it, headlines, <laughs> some current events, and also just framing some um, mindset and that kind of thing as we move into the holiday season where there are a lot of tensions around. There seem to be more um, more reasons for friends and family members to have disagreements than in typical years over this holiday season. And so we're just going to address a couple of different things today. And we're going to start with the new variant that has been announced in the news. And it's called Om- Omicron. I can't say it. I keep wanting to add an end to it for some reason. I don't know if anybody knows how to pronounce it correctly yeah. or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, and it's Omicron, as I, I believe. And I'm not sure how they came up with that name, but I think they wanted it to sound scary, but that's my personal opinion. Um, but, you know, it is not uncommon for viruses to mutate and change and to continue to be around. And this kind of common narrative that if enough people are vaccinated, there won't be any more variants may not be scientific with what we know about viruses and the way that they work. And so will you just kind of talk to us, Wiggy, about typical viruses and how they mutate and how they, you know, continue to fight to live essentially mm-hmm. and um, uh, and just kind of how they go to find hosts and that kind of thing. I, I, there's so much fear around COVID in general. Right. And I really feel like the powers that be – I accidentally was I actually was at the nail salon yesterday and I happened to watch both Biden and Fauci on TV and their little um their little press com- their press conferences that they shared yesterday and they were full of fearful tactics w- disguised in my opinion again as we're here to help but the advice and actions that they were talking about as far as shutting down borders, making everybody get tested with one day of coming back into the United States. Um, And the one solution still is the best thing you can do to fight Omicron is to get vaccinated. That's all that they really have to say. So let's talk about um, how viruses work and mutations. Mm -hmm. And is this perhaps the best way to quote, control variants now that's a lot of questions sorry, leading we'll, up we'll to start, one question yeah here. we'll start with we'll start with the we'll start with the how do viruses work how's <laughs> that fair enough the important thing when we're talking about variants uh with the virus is to understand that there are going to be there are going to be variants that's probably the most important thing to understand here is that we're going to continue to hear about variants as long as the virus is around which unfortunately is going to be kind of like a new normal because this virus isn't is not going away at this point and so these variants are going to be are going to pop up and this is the normal thing for what a virus does a virus mutates and that's because it wants to survive that's the main thing it wants to it wants to continue to be able to infect a host and so there are going to be forces that are going to drive it to continue to mutate. And when a virus mutates, that is a new variant. That's basically what, what a variant is, 
is that the genetic code of a virus has mutated enough to be slightly different than the original or from the last strain that it mutated from, and this, this becomes uh, a new variant. I believe that Omicron, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but it's, it's just the, the new, the next name in the line of variants. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's by the Greek alphabet. I think that's where it's come to this Omicron at this point. Right. So we know that there's been a handful of variants already that have been identified that have been named and now we're at now now we're at this one and so there will continue to be these new variants the probably one of the more important things to know about this one in particular with omicron is that right now it does not appear to be a very serious or very virulent strain and that's actually what's supposed to happen with variants is that it's supposed to become less virulent less deadly as it mutates that's mm -hmm. that's the normal normal progression because it it doesn't want to necessarily kill the host it wants to be able to infect and then spread right that's the main thing with with variants and which so, which if i'm correct also as variants become less deadly and vir virulent virulent yeah see i'm so medical <laughs> virulent they also um seem they also can be more contagious mm -hmm. right because yeah. they're looking to spread to more hosts yeah so that we may we could have more cases but generally they should be more mild yeah yes so there is this there's this concept that i think is important for people to understand with viruses it's called Mueller's ratchet mm -hmm. and it's basically the concept that as viruses continue to mutate that they they will become less virulent but they can become more contagious so yes we can we can see that what was interesting about uh covid is that the delta variant was actually more virulent and more deadly which which shouldn't have happened it's kind of a kind mm -hmm. of a strange strange thing that happened with this with that variant and so i think that's where there's this fear with variants is like, well, gosh, the, this Delta was, was much worse than the original. And then so are these other variants going to be worse than, than Delta? The truth is we're kind of an experiment at this point. We don't know what, what force kind of pushed that variant to be more virulent. Right. And, uh, and there are theories for what could have done that. Um, I think at some point we're going to, we will probably get back into that Mueller's ratchet kind of concept where we will start seeing less virulent, less deadly variants, and it will become, I think, less less concerning and probably more of it again just something that is that it goes through the goes through the environment, kind of comes around uh, every year, mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to continue to try to to combat it. Uh, what I'm afraid is gonna happen is that because viruses mutate, and that's again the we we know that and it, it's kind of funny there are, there are models out there that are talking about if we do this, if we if we vaccinate everybody and there's no new variants, then this is going to be gone. Right. But that's not going to happen. Right. There are going there are going to be new variants. Viruses don't just stop automatically mutating. It that that doesn't happen. So what I predict is going to happen is that there's going to continue to be mutations. There are enough hosts around the world where it's going to continue to kind of circulate around. And what's going to happen is that we're going to have to well, I'm not sure about have to is the right word, but what's Except. going to happen is that, well, no, but what's going to happen is that the there will be basically, I, I think, an annual vaccine, probably not a booster, because a booster is basically uh, more of the same. Right. Where you, where, like, and that's what boosters are right now, is that we're going to give you more of the same vaccine at this point. 
But what I think is probably going to happen is that they're going to do kind of like the flu shot where they anticipate what the variants are for that year. And they're going to make a vaccine for those variants. And it's going to be a yearly thing. That's what I, that's what I anticipate is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense that that's going to be what's going to happen, especially with the way that the push has been so far. Um, and, and I mean, just going back to why was Delta more more virulent and more deadly in some ways, even though many of our most vulnerable population had been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that's a question we have to ask ourselves. Why is it that this variant that's come, once all of the most vulnerable are vaccinated, that we have a more deadly uh, variant? We those are that we've got to ask ourselves that. Mm-hmm. And as we continue to booster and vaccinate all these age groups and booster again, probably, because now everybody's supposed to get a booster. We've got to sit back and ask these questions as far as are we actually helping Mueller's ratchet to continue the way that it generally does? Or are we actually making things worse? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that that absolutely is what's happening, but a lot of experts that are not in the mainstream do seem to think that there is some connection to why is the virus strengthening, especially once it came to the United States. It wasn't as deadly in the UK. They were Mm -hmm. ahead of us with Delta. Why was it so deadly here? Well, we were mass vaccinating in the middle of a spreading virus. Um, What is that concept called where it strengthens? Uh, Well, so there's, there's one, there's one theory which is called antibody-dependent enhancement. Yeah, that's what I was which, for. which is basically saying that um, if a if a vaccine doesn't work really well for a virus, if it doesn't bind strong enough to eliminate it, but just kind of binds it, but doesn't actually get rid of it, that actually can make the virus worse. Right, kind of like a leaky right, that, vaccine. That's, that's the concept. More... Right, that's the concept behind it. Which I think we we are most people would agree that the variant, especially Delta, that the vaccine doesn't bind as well as it does as it does to the original strain. Right. That that's pretty well established. It doesn't seem to be as good of a binder to to the variant. And I think we're probably seeing the same thing with Omicron, is that it's probably gonna bind even less because this is further mutated. Mm-hmm. Or f- f- further mutated. Uh, so and that's probably gonna continue to happen. Is that and that's why I think that sooner or later there's gonna have to be a change of plan. Mm-hmm. Because it, probably at some point the vaccine will have no efficacy, right? As it continues to to go further and further down this this variant pathway, right? And and I think that's again where the fear induction is coming in. I think that in some of the wording that some of these experts and powers that be are sharing already, they are indicating that it's likely or possible that the vaccine that we have may not work effectively against additional variants which does create a lot of fear. And one of the next things that we're going to do is, um, you know, I'm of the opinion that eventually just about everybody's going to get COVID. And so how can we be best prepared in our physical health, no matter how old we are and that kind of thing to, to battle the virus well. And so we're going to do a series soon about the three major comorbidities. So you can look out for that. And what we can do to prepare, because unfortunately, you know, I kind of thought at the beginning of all this that we would have a wake up call, especially here in the United States, as far as how we're taking care of ourselves 
um, kind of a move more toward optimizing immunity and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, that really didn't happen at all on a larger scale. And so I'm hoping that as we're starting to realize that we can't necessarily vaccinate it away or, you know, there's not necessarily an easy, quick thing fixed to prevent spread and contagion and, and mm. getting sick, that instead we can continue to focus on the things that we can do to be the best prepared or when we have this or the flu or whatever else it might be. Yeah. And so we're going to do a, a series coming up on that. So I just wanted to mention that as well. Well, um, I don't think that that's a crazy theory about everybody is likely going to have to be exposed to the actual virus mm-hmm. in order for this to become uh, less pandemic mm-hmm. and, and more just kind of endemic. Because I think that more evidence is coming out is that to, in order for us to reach a level of herd immunity, it does have to be natural herd immunity right. in order for us to actually uh, be able to come out the other side with this. And uh, and because that actually is what seems to protect us from mm-hmm. the variants. Right. Uh, and so, so there's really great data out of Israel that shows that there's a couple of different studies. The one that is probably most reliable shows that natural immunity is 13 times more protective than mm-hmm. vaccinated immunity. And that's kind of hard to argue with when you really look at the numbers yeah, as far no, as sure. who and who is getting infected now um, and who and which of those have had previous infection. Right. Um, and, and those, the T cells and we please go back and listen to all of, we've done several episodes on natural immunity and, um, on T cells, mm-hmm. we've done a lot of those. So please go back and, and listen to, to those if you're curious about Im- natural immunity just in general and how to best assess that. Um, it does seem to be really, really solid. And I think that's a, that's something we also just are, are we, we're going to have to embrace that at some yeah. point because we can try to stay ahead of the variants we can try and and come up with a vaccine like a flu shot that you get every year but the thing is people with the flu shot still get the flu well and i think that's and people the, right. you know with the covid vaccine are still getting covid well i think that's that's a common misunderstanding that i, th- I think people don't realize is that the vaccine does not keep you from getting the virus mm-hmm. i mean everyone has i'm sure have seen all the examples you know lebron james is the most most recent example of right a fully vaccinated, high-profile celebrity that has that has gotten it after being fully vaccinated. So, the idea that this is a you know like a, this is a true vaccine that prevents you from getting the infection that that actually doesn't appear to be to be accurate. Now, this can decrease severity, mm-hmm. and that's that's a different discussion. But as far as keeping you from getting the virus, and this is where I think there's also mis- misunderstanding is that you can get the virus still and you can still spread it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think there's there's a um, agenda that, that doesn't really follow that science mm-hmm. because there there seems to be this, this, this kind of narrative that if you get the vaccine, you can't get it and you can't spread it. And that's why they can have certain privileges versus the unvaccinated. Right. But, but again, we're not seeing that's the case. We're seeing that it's it is very possible to get the virus after the vaccine and it's very possible to spread it after getting the vaccine and so that's where it is a little bit confusing to me that that whole narrative that's saying that well if everyone 
would get the vaccine, then this will not continue to spread. But that does not that is not really following science. Right. Right. And I think going back to, you know, what I saw on the news yesterday, first of all, we are I don't however many billion people there are in the world. Like we are we live in a in an age where there is a lot of travel and a lot of humans that are crossing each other's paths every single day. And when a virus is circulating throughout the world, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's different variants all over that we don't even know about. Oh, sure. Um then we we like closing down borders once you know that something is there is not like I don't really think that that's a great way to prevent people from spreading. Like we, mm-hmm. by the time the borders were shut down, it was already here in the United States and pretty much everywhere else for this particular um, variant. Right. So that's number one, and number two for our leading healthcare, um, whatever you want to, what 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 is he leader in the United States who is the face of fighting COVID to say that to fight. Omicron, this brand new variant, everyone needs to go get vaccinated based on an original original um, spike protein mm. that has clearly now mutated mm. if we were going from alpha to Omicron, right. that that is going to be the best way to protect ourselves. I just think that it's very short-sighted and unfortunately is leading people to be fearful that they've not done enough. We've got to go lock down in our homes again and that kind of thing. And it's just very, it's very disheartening to me that we're still saying the same thing over and over when it hasn't worked the first five or six times that we've continued to say the same message. It's it's the, it's the definition of insanity. Yeah. Do the same thing over and over, tell the same story over and over, even though the, even though the situation is changing and expect the same result. And the result that, they're saying is going to happen hasn't happened yet. So why do we expect for it to happen now? Well, I think that that is a, that's a good question because <laughs> I think we have seen multiple times where whoever is speaking about this, they say if we do this, then it will be gone by then, mm-hmm. and 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 it hasn't worked for for everything. You know, you can put anything in that blank. If you do this, then it's going to be gone by then. And if you do that, then it's going to be gone by then. And, right. And they just continue to move the goalposts. And, and so we're probably going to continue to hear that kind of that discussion saying, do this, or if you do more, or if the people do more, mm-hmm. then, then we're going to get, get through this. And that and it's just, you're right, it's, it's, it's not working. I mean, I, I was kind of thinking of this analogy, which I'm not sure if, it's a, if it works or not in this, in this circumstance or not as far as like what we have to try to come to grips with and how we can kind of see this uh, situation. But in, in some ways, it's kind of like this, the, the idea about being proactive with, uh, with like cancer. So, you know, one thing that most people or something that most people may not realize is that we have cancer cells inside of us all the time mm-hmm. that are cancerous and they need to be, they need to be destroyed. And there are things that we can do to be proactive to keep those cancerous cells from developing into a full-blown, full-blown cancer. And so I think not that we have, you know, virus, viral cells in us all the time, but it's going to be nearly impossible to avoid it. Right. 
we, we, and this whole concept of avoidance is just again we've seen that we're seeing that avoidance is not is not working. Right. I think I every single person I know knows somebody that literally that never left their home and had yeah. literally no contact with any people and still got COVID. Right. So I think I think the the idea that we can just avoid this for the rest of our lives is just is just not realistic. Versus thinking at it kind of like that cancerous cancer analogy, we have these cancerous cells inside of us. But what can we do to keep us as healthy as we possibly can be to, to keep them from growing? Mm-hmm. So again, take that to the viral analogy. You say, well, we, we, we are likely going to be exposed to this. What can we do to be proactive and prevent it from becoming a, a serious, serious illness? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the discussion has always been misled is that it's always been such a reactive approach. Right. Is that we have to... You know, the only thing we can do is avoid and then when we and then all we can do when we get sick is to react to it mm-hmm. versus saying what are some things we can do to be proactive. And, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, integrative medicine really has really shined throughout this right. is that our patients that are taking care of themselves and that they are taking these supplements that we're recommending and, and we are watching their immune system or watching their vitamin D levels, they're doing fine. Right. And, and, and it's at first sign of symptoms are yeah, they and, are and treating early, early sure, which sure. is how we've always approached medicine, cancer and otherwise. As right. soon as you can, you're, you know, again, you're proactive as much as you can. And then, and then the, if this happens, then we're prepared right. and we are, and, and some people are proactive with, um, well, many people are proactive with supplementation. I mean, yeah. vitamin D, like I just, I sit and daydream sometimes. I'm like, what if the government had given out vitamin D and K2 to everybody. Yeah. You know, you, you go like, just like we're giving out vaccines and what if you could just go to your community center and get your monthly, um, your monthly bottle of vitamin D? Like how could this have been different? Well, I think that's right. Yeah. It's a good, good question. And, And I think part of the reason why potentially why Omicron doesn't appear to be so serious, you know, this, where was this found? It was found in, in South Africa, right? Right. Um, and Africa, another thing that's never really discussed is why has Africa generally been spared from COVID? They really have had very overall overall less less cases and overall less deaths, mm-hmm. and their healthcare really isn't that mm-hmm. fantastic, right? You know, so but they've done they've done really well. That could be because they have so much more sun exposure. Mm-hmm. They have generally better vitamin D levels at baseline, and, and so that's where I think. Is it's it is it is frustrating. Is that why aren't we looking into these associations mm-hmm. and saying why are certain areas doing so much better than better than other areas? Well, arguably, the research in the United States has been negligent. It's been terrible. If if that's I feel like that's generous to yeah. say. Like we've we've really had no research. All of the reliable research that seems to be the the best, you know, on looking into the correct things and. Um, looking into the the, side effects and um, death rates and all that. None of that is within the United States. And another note on South Africa, while we're there, one of the the doctor, this like a week ago, who first was one of the ones to find this, said, everybody needs to stop freaking out, essentially. Mm -hmm. You know, I've diagnosed a lot of people with this and I'm yet to hospitalize one. Meanwhile, we're shutting down borders and everybody's on the TV, all the talking heads, like... The stock market goes way yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
we are such a culture of fear in this country. So, okay, I want to have a few minutes. We're kind of on this topic, and I have had several friends reach out to me over the past couple of weeks because obviously we're in Thanksgiving, and now we're going to go into um, the Christmas season with all kinds of gatherings throughout this month. And unfortunately, no longer do we just have to avoid topics of politics and religion at the holiday gatherings, but now we have this situation of COVID. And people want to know, um, are asking for your personal medical information so that you can come attend the holiday gathering. And if you don't tell them what they want to hear, then you either are disinvited or I've heard one friend's um, family decided they were, because of her, they were going to move that everything had to be outside Mm -hmm. because she was not fully vaccinated. And so there's this new level of shaming that we've already we've already experienced over the past however many months but now that we're okay ever last year like a lot of people canceled all the holidays and now it's like oh we can get together this year but only if you fill in the blank thing and so you know i just want to leave everybody with a couple of words of encouragement um our personal medical decisions and the decisions that we make for our families just in general uh, Wig and I have felt like this for a long time. He practices integrative medicine. We haven't exactly fit in with the medical community for at, at 10 years or more. And so you kind of get used to it after a while that people are not going to understand or appreciate or even respect your decisions or your viewpoints sometimes. And I think it's very important that two things happen. Number one, the decisions that you make for your family, medical or otherwise, are your decisions in your four walls of your household between you and your children. And anyone else who doesn't live there is does not get to have a definite say in what your family's decisions are. And that goes for everything from the way that you parent to the way that you eat to the way that you Um, make medical decisions to what your family watches on TV to whether or not you watch the news or it's whatever. Like you have the ability as an adult and a leader in your household, male or female, to um, make those decisions. And those are, that's your right for what's best for your family. So that's number one. Um, Number two there might be a lot of people outside of your walls that disagree with your decisions and they might be your closest friends and family members. And certainly a lot of people are experiencing that right now. And I think it's very important that we handle those interactions, which is with as much grace and humility and understanding as we can salvaging relationships, even while we stick with our own decisions. And that can, you can, so, for example, I told a friend who she was experiencing all kinds of pushback and shame projected on her. I said, you know what? I think if I were you, I would just respectfully decline the invitation and just say, thank you so much for inviting us and trying to include us. It's really not necessary for you to go to all of those extremes to try to make everybody comfortable. We'll just hope that it can work out better next year and be very respectful and kind 
without trying to create additional controversy. And I realize this can be so incredibly difficult to not say things that create further division and harm relationships. Um, I think we have to remember that there is so much fear and so many people are listening to so many different narratives. And, and, and I think that most people are doing what they think is the right thing as much as we might disagree with them, just like they might disagree with us. And so if we can, yes, if we have opportunities to speak as much truth and fact as we can into people's lives always, but also to make sure that we're wrapping that in love. And it can be so difficult, but keeping our self-control, you know, really thinking about the fruit of the Spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, the big one, to make sure we're projecting that into these conversations and not not embracing shame, not embracing that this is some sort of punishment that I got dis- uninvited. I, I do understand that feelings get hurt, but instead to reframe it to say, I know I'm doing the right thing for my family with these decisions that I've made for for that we've made together and the disagreement that we have doesn't have to um, tear apart relationships. I can respect your opinion just like I want to respect mine. And maybe what might be best this year is that we don't Mm -hmm. gather. And I don't mean doing it in an ugly way and say, well, we're just not coming in like not that. And I know it can be tempting, but um, anyway, that's a little bit of a soapbox, but I think, there are a lot of tensions happening and I hear about them nearly daily right now. And so the, the better we can handle that, the harder it is for people who disagree to combat our character, which is always important. Yeah. No, the, this is the challenging time because this is the time where, where families are getting together and a lot of times may have not seen each other for, over a year, mm-hmm. and so this is the first it's time. Two years now. Two yeah, years. first time you're actually sitting down face to face with somebody, and <laughs> and what are you gonna talk about? And so these things will often come up. Uh, what I'd probably say for just from a, from a little advice, and I, I hear about this all day uh, with my patients that there is this huge division, mm-hmm. and and it, it usually is coming from one side as far as trying to isolate and shame and trying to say, okay, well, you're not welcome or, mm-hmm. or, or, or we're not going to come because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do end up, you know, having time with family, it's, you have to be careful with how much you push on any of these issues mm-hmm. because at this point, people's minds are generally made up. Mm-hmm. So if you can have a honest discussion with somebody where they, where it does feel like this is actually honest discussion where hey let's let's look at both sides let's talk about the data that we can present and let's see if we can just you know have a have a discussion about it then then that's great and I think you may be able to get somewhere with with that person mm-hmm. but if someone is coming in and you can tell right off the bat that this is a either attacking <clears throat> mindset attacking tone or a defensive mindset or tone, <clears throat> it's probably not going to get anywhere. And so sometimes it's better just to either shut down the conversation and say, look, look let's just, let's just, let's just have a good time. Let's not talk about that. Uh, or potentially even having to remove yourself from the situation because uh, tensions will just get worse. 
and that will generally just just escalate so you do kind of have to try to gauge who you're talking to and how open they are to the discussion right because if it's a discussion fine but if it's an argument then that's not going to get anywhere nobody wins arguments nope. so <laughs> nope. just a little good advice piece of advice yeah. good advice well thank you guys so much for joining us today if you have questions we always are um, loving to answer those if you have ideas for episodes we would love to hear from you and you can leave a message we would love for you to share our podcast with your friends and we'll look forward to catching up with you next time